Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We are sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. As the watchman on the wall, we will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. And we'll do that by expounding on the underreported facts. Today, we're going to be getting to those underreported facts with Annette Baker. Annette Baker is an environmental science expert. She's a homeschool teacher. She's also a Senate candidate running an inside track against Marxist Judy Swank and Redding. And uh, she's on the inside track. I say that because I think she's ahead in polling, although uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of the numbers yet. But I think people are going to be wanting to put her in there once they hear more about what who she is and what she stands for. Welcome to the Watchmen, Annette. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Annette, let's talk a little bit about uh, Joe Biden's, uh, I want to say phony press conference, because I don't know what hard questions he fielded. So let's talk a little bit about that phony press conference. What did you see on Tuesday with that phony press conference he did? Well, it's it's interesting. Um, You know, it seems like the former vice president focused on uh, primarily the coronavirus uh, and going after the president for failing to do his job, failing to protect Americans, which to me is just astounding. When we first saw the numbers of the projected numbers before we went into a voluntary um, shutdown of our economy, which we all agreed at the time to flatten the curve to try to make sure that our hospitals were not overrun. We were willing to take that that um, time off from having our regular activities in order to flatten the curve. And, you know, they were projecting projecting anywhere from, I think it was high as high as uh, two or three million people would die from coronavirus uh, within a very short amount of time. And that would have flooded the system. Um, and obviously, you know, the president was was absolutely lambasted left and right, um, not necessarily by the right, but uh, on both sides um, for for uh, particularly for the, from the left for having shut down the borders, um, limited travel. He was particularly um, and I remember the former vice president saying, you know, we don't need to do this. You know, this is this is overreach. Of course, you know, this shows his, um, you know, racist tendencies uh, coming back out. And did that that come up at the press conference at all that Biden didn't want the travel bans? uh, No, because that would mean that, you know, the reporters who are asking the questions would actually want to ask (laughs) Whether or not he wanted to change his position on that. So you're saying they overlooked the fact that Biden originally came out against it and he called against the travel bans and he called Trump a racist and a xenophobe, correct? Yes. Yes, they did not go uh, down that road. So they missed that in the Tuesday press conference. Yes, yes. They they sidestepped that issue once again. giving him the watermelon pitches <laughs> coming in super easy to knock him out of the park. Um, 
you know, and, and, and that's, that's the, the real issue. I think people, it's interesting to read. Uh, I know we've mentioned the walk away movement before on the show. Uh, I've been reading a number of people that have said that until COVID hit and they were forced to stay home, they were forced to watch TV because they needed to information. Uh, I guess they weren't necessarily forced to watch TV, but they were, they had time to do that. They had time to, as, as many of them talked about, um, to go down the rabbit hole to be able to follow some of the information. And it is amazing to hear people that were dead set against the president and everything that he was doing now saying, Oh my goodness, I did not realize how much I had been lied to, how deceived I had been. Well, well, let me how ask the media you, wasn't being truthful. Well, the media, the media not being truthful. Like, I don't believe that. Hold on a second. I got to ask you a question here. So let me, let me ask you. So the press conference, that <laughs> Joe Biden, I got to ask you, did they ask Joe Biden at all about his January, 2017, the January 5th meeting and the sixth meeting where he recommended that the Logan act be instilled on Michael Flynn. Did they, did they ask him at all about that? I do not believe that that came up. All right. Hold on a second. Yeah. I mean, hold on a second. you're saying that the biggest story of our lifetime, the biggest political scandal in, in the last hundred years, you're saying they didn't ask him about that? Uh, not at the particular press conference that I was looking at. All right. So um, you're saying they, the they did not. Well, he hasn't he hasn't had that many. Yeah. So, I mean, why don't we just say no, yeah. because he hasn't had very many press conferences. He's been very cloistered and protected. But I got to ask you, so they didn't ask him at all about lying on Good Morning America that he didn't have anything to do with with Flynn and getting Flynn prosecuted, correct? They didn't ask him about that either? No. No, they nope. didn't ask there, there was There was no discussion of that, no discussion uh, that I could find um, as far as, you know, his comments about the Michael Flynn case. The, the okay. case is now being thrown out. Um, you know, which, as you mentioned, this is, this is a huge story. I mean, my husband and I talked about this a while ago and we said, you know, we, we always heard growing up that, you know, about Watergate being like the biggest political story. Um, and, and this is going to make it, yeah, yeah. Watergate was kind of like, you know, minuscule compared to what this is going to end up being, I think. This is going to make Watergate. Watergate's going to make uh, this is going to make Watergate look like kicking sand on a beach blanket. Let me ask you again. I, I got to yeah. ask. Uh, so, <laughs> are you saying they didn't get at all into the uh, into the, uh, the the fact that uh, they didn't ask him about Emmett Sullivan and they didn't ask him about the case and they didn't ask him whether or not that Emmett uh, ask him why they thought why they why he thought that Emmett Sullivan was taking this to the full appellate court. They didn't ask him that. No, no. Uh, my, they focused primarily on on the president's I, handling of handling of the that. coronavirus and that, issue, and that's it. I know. Let me let me yeah. just ask a couple of questions here, just for our audience, so the audience gets a perspective of how poorly run this press conference was. Okay, <laughs> the, whole, the whole point of this questioning is not to put you on the spot because you saw the press yep, conference. Yep. It. I didn't see it. Okay. So you saw the press conference. I missed it. Gee, I missed Joe Biden's only press conference in the last three months. However, you caught it. Well, it, it was proof of life. It <laughs> was proof of life. So we have to, you know, be thankful for that. So you caught it. You caught it. Okay. So 
They didn't ask him at all about. Again, I got to I got to find out because the biggest story of our time is how Comey, Clapper, and Brennan were were briefing Trump on a, on intelligence information that they knew was phony. Did they ask mm-hmm. him about that? Did no. they ask? They didn't ask Biden about that either. Okay. So, all right. Now that's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest story because, you know, the dossier was phony. They knew it was phony. So now they, they, I don't, they got into the, uh, they got into this recent intelligence information that came out on the Russian bounties, the alleged Russian bounties on our service members. But again, it has not been verified. Now the reporters are asking Biden about unverified information. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. All right, so now I'm trying to get this straight so our listeners understand how bad the media malpractice is, how glaring and obvious it is. So the media is asking questions about about unverified intelligence information that that the Russians were giving bounties to the Taliban for killing U.S. service members. And they weren't asking him about the unverified information that was already briefed to the president three and a half years ago, four years ago, three and a half, four years ago. Well, actually, three and a half years ago. So that's what you're telling me, right? Yes. All right. Now, that's just I want our listeners to understand the magnitude (laughs) of that. We already know of a phony story that Brendan Clapper and Comey briefed the president on phony intelligence that they went into and portrayed as real intelligence real verified intelligence and they were lying to the president. So here the president is getting information that shows the Russians are at it again, trying to meddle in our, our, our political season, if you will, they're at it again. Here they Russians go again on that. And now they're, we're finding out from Taliban prisoners that uh, the Russians had a bounty on the heads of U S service members. So the, so the intelligence agency, and I want our listeners to understand, there's like 16 or 17 intelligence agencies, and they all got to collaborate this. Now, what's interesting is our intel, our intelligence agencies, when they go to verify, they very seldom get to high-level verify or high-level confidence. They very seldom do. They very seldom reach that. And believe me, that's not certainty. That's just high, a high level of certainty. Not certainty. They never get there. But they always, every once in a while, they get the high level of certainty. This hasn't passed a couple of thresholds that it needed to pass mm-hmm. in order for them to put it in front of Trump. I want our listeners to understand that. This did not pass the threshold, the validity threshold that it needs to pass by these 17 intelligence agencies, you know, to, to, to be able to review the, with the president. So here, the new, you know, here we have the intel community now not briefing the president on something that wasn't corroborated and they're being attacked for not doing that, correct? For doing the right thing and not reporting unverified information to the president. I mean, this is what I want our listeners to understand. This is what's so twisted in the fifth dimension. This is fifth dimensional logic. And that, I mean, (laughs) we have this logic right now. We actually have the media attacking the president, because his intelligence community is not briefing him <laughs> on <clears throat> unverified information, but they're not attacking Biden for an intelligence agency that did brief him on unverified information. Right. Right. 
and that's you know that you know it just seems like the world is on its head right now with with that whole thing i mean when you have a reporter asking the the president's press secretary if the president is upset that the north won the civil war um and then getting upset because the president wasn't briefed on unverified information. You know, this is the kind of stuff I, I guess we should expect this because didn't James Comey brief the president on the Steele dossier, which was never verified either. Well, that's my point. So that's I guess this is a new precedent. Is this yeah. a new way that they're going to operate is, well, we're just going to go with unverified information because if it's a narrative that we want to push. I, you know, and, and, and this is what That's you a scary and I place are, to be as a nation. Now, I, don't, I mean, I haven't heard this sort of unpacked breakdown, the comparison between the Russian collusion phony dossier that was paid for by the DNC, that unverified piece of trash that the president was briefed on. Now, I'm not I'm not seeing a comparison with that. And this unverified story that the president wasn't briefed on. They're angry that he's not, mm-hmm. that he was briefed on one, but not on the other. I should say they're right. angry that, he, that right. he wasn't briefed on one, but he, they're not angry <laughs> that he was briefed on the other. And they're both unverified stories. Now, this is what I don't want right. to listen to miss. They're both unverified stories, but the media and Joe Biden and the Democrats <clears throat> are running this through the political meat grinder and they're basically saying, OK, well, there are two unverified stories, but we're only upset at the one that he wasn't briefed on, <laughs> not not the one that he was briefed on that turned the country into a complete upheaval for two and a half years. That cost us hundreds of millions of dollars and cost us mm-hmm. advantages in foreign policy that we'll never get back ever I mean, this is what's amazing. We had two unverified stories here. And the press and Joe Biden and the Democrats are upset that President Trump was not briefed on one, but they're not upset that he was briefed on the other. Now, folks, this is Fifth Dimensional Logic. We just tried to explain the unexplainable to you, and I think we did pretty well in that. Would you say we did pretty well with that? <laughs> it is It is definitely... It is difficult to keep it straight uh-huh. <laughs> sometimes, but yes, I think we did it. We did a, a good job of of outlining what's been happening. Yes, yeah, we unpacked that with a punch. Now I want to get to Justice <laughs> Roberts and the abortion rule that he just ruled on. What's your thoughts on that? On the abortion rule that he just uh, went on? Well, you know, for me, um, it, it's it's really disheartening. Um, because for me personally, uh, looking at this from, from the perspective of wanting to protect all life, obviously, as a pro-life person, um, I'm disappointed in the ruling. Um, and I don't understand. One of the mantras of the, of the pro-choice movement uh, has been that they want abortion to be rare and safe and legal. And the second part of that, I mean, we know abortions are not rare so that's out the window but the idea of it being safe um obviously for the baby it's never going to be safe that's right. uh, but for the mom 
Um, the fact that, that there are women that die because of something that happens during the procedure, there's unforeseen bleeding or, you know, there might be some other forms of complications. Um, the idea that it, it is uh, unconstitutional or, or an infringement or, or p- impediment um, to the, the law to require doctors to have admitting privileges where people can be sent to hospitals if they need uh, emergent care. Um, you know, to me, I just, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around the logic in that. Um, and I haven't read the entire um, brief uh, from, from the Supreme court as far as what the reasoning was. Um, I just know that, you know, for me personally, I would think that it would be a good idea to have uh, facilities available where if there is a complication, you know, you're going to have a doctor that can can take someone in and be able to make sure that they get the care that they need. Annette, Um, you and I, you you and I have talked about this. Look, we are very, very pro-life. Okay, and I both of us mm -hmm. are. And I think we've had this conversation. Why is it such a good idea to have? Abortions only performed in a in clinics where the doctors have admitting privileges to a hospital. Well, let me let us unpack that for you here with a punch, because truly, truly, folks, you need to see this for what it really is. Okay, doctors that have admitting privileges in a hospital are generally very good doctors. That's why they have admitting privileges in a hospital. Quacks, on the other hand, don't have admitting privileges in a hospital. Now, generally speaking, doctors, if I'm using this quotes, physicians, I'm using that in quotes, look, medical professionals, in quotes, people that are pretending to be doctors and medical professionals that are performing abortions, killing babies, do not have, not. they're not as often going to have admitting privileges because anyone who's a good doctor is going to see abortion for the wrong that it is and will not participate in it. So therefore, only doctors who don't have admitting privileges in hospitals, i.e. doctors who are quacks, who aren't good doctors, resort to abortions in order to make a make a living, if you will, and out of out of killing babies. I mean, and that is that a pretty good breakdown of what that is? Yep. Yep. I would agree with that. So you're basically saying that the law that Louisiana wrote, which is the same law that came up in Texas, very similar that, by the way, Justice Roberts voted to uphold. I want you to want our listeners to understand that Justice Roberts voted to uphold the Texas law, which is almost identical to the Louisiana law. But notwithstanding any of that, I want our listeners to understand that Justice Roberts agrees that they or I should say does not agree with the Louisiana people, the people of Louisiana that say we want abortions to be extremely rare in this state. And we only want them to be performed by doctors with admitting privileges. Folks, this is a bureaucrat justice running amok. This guy with a lifetime appointment is sitting on the court now with a stiff upper back saying, I'm not giving in. I don't have to. I have a lifetime appointment. Annette, I mean, is there outrage? I mean, I don't see any outrage in the media. Did I miss it? Was there any outrage in the media on this? I missed it if there was. Uh, I, I did not see any outrage myself. I think there was more celebration that, um, uh-huh. you know, obviously. What were they celebrating? Like the, were they celebrating like Andrew the pious Cuomo lighting the 
the, the, the Empire State Building in pink? I mean, what were they doing? How were they celebrating this? I did not see anything like that. Um, all I heard about was that, you know, there was definitely a feeling that this was yet another um, another uh, law that was struck down that, that pro-choice advocates believe was unconstitutional, put too much of a burden on, on women who would like abortions. Um, and, you know, they were celebrating the fact that, you know, once again, Justice Chief Justice Roberts decided, you know, was the deciding factor. And it's very interesting because a lot of people believe that he would be a, a right of center justice. And he has become more of a left of center justice uh, in, in the rulings that um, he has handed down and, and the sides that he has taken on a lot of different issues. Um, it well, has been very shocking at times uh, to see the wrangling that he has done to come up with an argument that he feels is is worthy of his vote to, you know, or his decision to uphold um, whatever, you know, piece of well, legislation or, or, you know, situation they're looking at. What I want to do, though, is that we got about five minutes to go here, and I want our listeners to understand why we are spending so much time on this, unpacking this, because because there's something being missed here, because the media missed the coverage. I mean, I agree with you. There was no outrage. There seemed to be more celebration in the media, which, again, shows us that the media is acting like the enemy of the people, because the people in Louisiana wanted to have doctors perform these you know, these actions on these abortions with admitting privileges because they wanted quality doctors to do it. And uh, quite honestly, uh, the Justice Roberts said, no, that's not necessary. We're okay with anyone who's licensed to do abortions to do it. Now, folks, that's really scary that a Supreme Court justice went in front of medical professionals, science and data. Now, isn't that interesting? Who always professes to be the party of science and data? It's the Democrats, the fake Democrats, the, the deep state bureaucrat Democrats, the Marxist left. But when it's convenient, they will roll over. See, the facts and the data are that abortion is very risky. Obviously, we know it kills the baby, but it's also very risky to the mother, isn't it, Annette? <clears throat> Absolutely. There, there have been numbers of women that have died as a result of the procedures. So what they're basically saying is we want protections for women during these procedures because we don't want the mother to die. But Justice Roberts is siding with these activist Democrats who want the abortion privilege, as if you will, to be, for lack of a better phrase, uh, the abortion rights of these doctors, for lack of a better phrase, how about just the fact that these quacks are able to operate doing these abortions? Okay, they want this to continue because it serves their end. Don't miss that, folks. Look, I, we're both against abortion. I get I, you all listen. You all you know that, okay? But this is even more than that. This shows the hypocrisy of the left. The fact is, they're usually very outraged over people like we've heard over the governor and, and our, our our lieutenant governor, Timothy Leary, lieutenant governor. And our, and our incompetent physician general, as they declare in the state of Pennsylvania, as we go into 18 weeks of government shutdown, I should say economic shutdown. <clears throat> I mean, what are you seeing in that? Yeah, I just, you know, for me, it, it just really, 
again, you know, it boggles my mind to think that, you know, obviously it's it's been a really long time that we have been having this argument about abortion. And for at this point, uh, one of the things that they brought out in the case is that um, <clears throat> this was not brought forth on behalf of a woman who was denied an abortion or couldn't obtain an abortion because of this, this particular law in Louisiana, this was actually filed on behalf of the providers um, who, who wanted to, to, you know, say, look, you know, we're not going to be able to provide these abortions for these women. Um, And one of the articles that I was reading was talking about chief justice Roberts has always been a proponent of what they call standing, having legal standing, meaning are you yeah. the party that has been aggrieved by whatever, Look, you know, I, I don't whatever. We, we, we can try to justify his, his turncoatness. I'm not going to justify his turncoatness. I don't want to give that. Any oh, no, definitely not. Is, yeah, the bottom line is what he did was wrong. He went against the will of the people, and the people wanted to yep. have doctors with admitting privileges to do these abortions. That way that... Mothers would be safer. Of course, the babies always die, but at least the mother would be safer in their eyes. And I mean, look, the goal, and you and I both know, the goal, the goal of the pro-life movement is to, with that whole law, was to limit abortions. I mean, this whole action was going to minimize abortions to the extreme end in Louisiana. That's the mm-hmm. facts, folks, okay? Because most of these quacks that do these abortions aren't with admitting privileges to hospitals. Therefore, they're all out of work. And therefore, abortion clinics will be closing. You see how that works? You see, the law itself was right. going to close abortion clinics. And that's why Justice Roberts ruled against it. Not because of predicate, not because of any of that, but because he didn't want abortion clinics closing. Look, folks, I, I, I'm telling you this without, with all sincerity I possess, that we need to reelect Trump because we need more justices like Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh, and less like Roberts. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, this this is evidence of what we got because we will overturn Roe v. Wade. This will go away. This was an easy case. This this was a very easy case to decide. And I'm not an attorney, but there was nothing illegal about the law. Nothing. There was nothing illegal about the law at all. It's still allowed abortions as long as the doctors had admitting privileges. The problem they run into is most doctors that have admitting privileges don't want to do abortions. <laughs> so they're going to be limited to that. You know, and it's really interesting. Like, like remember, uh, who, was the, who was the guy that doctored death? Who was the guy that uh, helped assisted suicide? What was his name? You remember oh, his name? I don't. Back in the 80s? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember his name. I just saw something about him. Um, there was a documentary, and I don't remember his name. Oh, God. Um, oh, oh, I, I, I had it. I, you know, bottom line is uh, it'll come to us after the show. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but I mean, uh, but, you know, for the same reason that doctors don't like to assist in suicides. I mean, it's the same yeah. difference. I mean, quality doctors are trying to save lives and help lives. They're not trying to kill people. <clears throat> Abortionists kill people. Anyway, well, folks, we are out of time. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks for being with us this afternoon on The Watchman. 
Thank you, Annette, for being with us as well. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy campaign to be with us today. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next Saturday afternoon at 4.30 right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL for this distinct discussion on The Watchman. Many of our audience listens to The Watchman live by listening, clicking Listen Live at 1180WFYL.com or clicking Listen Live on YouTube when they search 1180WFYL on YouTube. Others in the listening area, others listen to us on the podcast. However you choose to do it, we appreciate it, folks. Thanks for being with us. See you next week on The Watchmen. I'm Clay Brees for Annette Baker. Goodbye for now.